If you would, take your Bible and turn to Philippians chapter 2, and we're going to look at verses 1 through 11. Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. Been on a uh, series on Sunday mornings uh, about uh, a heart like yours, Lord, and we've been looking at the scriptures about uh, things that we see about the heart of the Lord and how that we can have more of the heart, the attitude, and the characteristics of the Lord. And as I was thinking about this uh, old-fashioned uh, hymns and uh, singing this morning and uh, looking at the stage, kind of reminded me that, uh, you know, years ago when most people did farming and uh, they had house raisings where people would uh, raise their own houses up, and uh, made me think about that during those days that uh, when someone was struggling, whether it was getting their crops in because of an illness or something, or whether they were trying to get their house raised up, that all the uh, fellow farmers around would take some time off from their farming and uh, would come and join in to help that person get their crops in or to raise their house, whatever was needed. And uh, people uh, during that time, they were willing to kind of take on a servant's heart and take away from their own personal time and go and serve someone else. I saw a, a short clip on uh, Grady Jarrett, and if you don't know that name, he is uh, number 97 on the Atlanta Falcons football team and uh, played in the Super Bowl. Matter of fact, during the Super Bowl, he uh, sacked Tom Brady three times, which makes him time for the all-time record of sacks during the Super Bowl. And uh, when he did that, uh, then if the Falcons had gone on to win, many people have said it was good, very possible that he would have got the MVP award. And so he was someone that uh, truly stood out for his athletic ability. But I saw a clip on him uh, just the other day of them uh, kind of doing a little special about how that he had a servant's heart and how that even though he had uh, been an outstanding uh, defensive tackle for the Atlanta Falcons and tie the record for sacks during a Super Bowl game that now he was taking during the summertime and he was offering a free football camp for kids in the area that he grew up in to kind of try to do something special for them. And as they were entering, interviewing him about that, he had really kind of a really humble attitude. And he said, you know, I just want to be here and help the kids and just be here to serve. Now, I don't know a lot about Grady Jarrett and really about his lifestyle or anything, but in that statement and by him being willing to do that, he showed some characteristics and the attitude of a servant's heart, and that is, I don't have to get anything in return for it. I don't have to be recognized. I just want to do it to serve and to help other people. And that's the attitude of Christ. And so this morning, I want to look at a servant's heart. And if you would, as we look at the Philippians chapter 2, I'm going to read this out of the uh, New King James Version. And in verses 1 through 11, we'll see that the Apostle Paul identifies Christ and his coming to the earth and that how he came was not to be a king in this first time of coming to the earth, but he came to serve. And here's what the Bible says. It says, Therefore, if there is any consolation, which means encouragement in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. Now, I want to pause there before we go into verse 3, where the Apostle Paul is basically saying that if you have really seen the life of Christ and you've seen his attitude and his character 
And if you want to get the encouragement that comes from Christ and fellowship with Him and have the same spirit and the same mindset that Christ does, He said then, I want you to be like-minded. Take on that same attitude, that same characteristics, that same heart that Christ has. And in verse 3 it says, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, <clears throat> even the death of the cross. And therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now in those scriptures, in the early part of it, the Apostle Paul has basically given us a challenge and encouragement to have an attitude of a servant like Christ, to put others before ourselves, and to be willing to give of ourselves so that we might touch the lives of others. And then in that last few verses, verses 9, 10, and 11, the Apostle Paul goes on to exalt Christ and how that, that at some point that Christ will be exalted and that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So when you look at those two perspectives, it's two totally opposite. It's a servant who is putting others before himself, even though the Bible says that Jesus knew it wasn't what the Bible describes as robbery or not taking anything away from God to be known as God's son and being in the form of God, even though he knew that he wasn't taking anything away, he came to be a servant, <clears throat> described as a bond servant. And even though that Christ could have came with all the exalt and glory that he's deserved, he said, I just came to serve. Not to be served, but to serve. And yet the Bible tells us that through, and I want you to listen to this very carefully, the Apostle Paul at the end has let us know that through the example of a servant's heart, there is a day coming where Christ will be exalted to his true position and every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So he's letting us know, and I think not only that through the life of Christ, that even though he came as a servant, he's going to get his exalting in due time. I believe that as I've looked to the scriptures, it tells us that if we humble ourselves, therefore, to God, that he will lift us up. So the example that Christ set for you and I is the example that he wants us to live our lives, and that is we humble ourselves and we serve others and just wait our time because when time comes, God is going to lift us up and exalt us to a higher status. But it all begins by being a servant. We don't usually think in the world's mentality today, we don't usually think of, all right, 
Let's just get the servant part right, and then everything else will fall in place. We usually think of in the world's mentality, that is, I got to get ahead of everybody else the fastest so that I can show my name and show my ability. But Christ says, no. You push others up and serve them, and then you let God put you in the height of position. How do you have a servant's heart like we see that Christ had? How does that show by his example in our lives? I think the first thing that we see in the scriptures and by the life of Christ is that a servant's heart puts others before themselves. If you truly have a servant's heart, it will be exemplified through your life that you will put other people before yourself. Now, as the Lord spoke that to me clearly through the scriptures, I began to think about my own life and I thought, you know, I struggle in that sometimes. Now, I don't know if y'all are like this, but when I, you know, if I go to Walmart, I'm looking for the closest parking space so I can get in and get out before somebody runs over me. If I, matter of fact, uh, if something, uh, through our association, sometimes at our pastor's conference, they'll make known of something that is available if anybody can use it. And so if it's something I think we can use, I'm going, hey, I'll take it. I'm jumping in there to grab it. And so I look at these scriptures, and it says this in verses 3 and 4. If you want to look at that with me, it says, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. When I look at those scriptures, I'm seeing that the Bible and the example of Christ is this, and that is that in our life, we should always be putting others before ourselves. Now, I gave that example of Walmart and how that I'm always looking for a front parking space so I can get in and get out the fastest. Have you ever been looking for one of those parking spaces and then somebody's coming the opposite way and they're coming the wrong way? Now, I know probably none of y'all have had that happen at Walmart. But you know, Walmart has a few lanes that go both ways, and they have some lanes that's just one way. And so you're headed towards that parking space, and then there's somebody coming the other way, and you're thinking, ah, can you not see the arrow? And then they whoop into that space that you were wanting to get, coming forward and then turning around backwards to get into it. And you want to go, But service hearts would be one that would say, I guess you needed that more than I do. Now, I can occasionally, when it's someone that's elderly, I can overcome my attitude and say, all right, they're older. Maybe they couldn't see the arrows good. <laughs> and they needed that space worse than I did. I was the other day, I go out, uh, Joyce and I go early to the Bradley Wellness Center to uh, work out and they have a rehab parking area but before 8 o'clock anybody can park in those spaces and it's a one directional thing you swing up this way, swing back out and one morning Joyce and I were going in and there was one space on the very end there and so uh, so I told Joyce, we'll get that space and so we go up and we're swinging around the far end and I notice this car comes in and whoops in the wrong way and swings in there it, it starts taking that servant's attitude away from you, doesn't it? But I look at the life of Christ, and I see that through his life, it wasn't everyone following all the right rules, but he still 
served others. He put others before himself. You see, a servant's heart wants to bring out the best in others by serving them. Matter of fact, he says in the scriptures here that you don't, uh, it's about a lowliness of mind. It's about esteeming or lifting up or bringing out the best in others above yourself. And so if we take on this servant's heart, then it's all about us showing love for others. Matter of fact, in the scriptures, in those early verses, it talks about the love of Christ. And so if we are putting others first, then we're going to show love like Christ did. And that was that Christ, even beyond his own self, you know, the Bible tells us that before he went to the cross, that he said, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. He didn't want to face it, but he had a love for you and I that took him to the cross. And it wasn't the nails that held Jesus on the cross, but it was what? His love for you and I. By showing love for others, we're showing the servant's heart. By showing humility to others and humbling ourselves so that others can be lifted up. By showing the interest of others. The scriptures tell us that it's not all about our interest and what we want but it's about what others. You know what, as I was thinking about this old-fashioned focus, one of the things as I have grown up, and my aunt, uh, Frances Jameson, that she's gone on to be with the Lord, but she, used, she was the one that would always come and pick me and my sister up and take us to church when we were young. And, and as I was growing up and had uh, grown up in that church, and then some things happened that created a kind of a split in that church and then going to some other churches and beginning to experience what other churches had experienced. You know what I found out that in churches that creates problems the most? It's when there's making decisions about colors and styles. And no, I want this color. Well, I know I want this color. And they begin to create friction. And there's been probably more churches in the area of Dalton. You know, in Dalton, you can look around and there's Seems like there's a church about on every corner. Matter of fact, within our uh, Whitfield County area, in the Southern Baptist churches, there's over 40 Southern Baptist churches in Whitfield County. And many of those churches have come out from another church or another church, and a lot of times, many times, it splits because somebody wanted something their way and somebody else wanted something their way. And yet, as I look at the scriptures here, it tells in verse 4 that it's about putting the interests of others before ourselves. So if we're going to have a servant's heart and we look at the example of Christ, the servant's heart puts others before themselves. The Bible also tells us that a servant's heart is one to be obedient to authority. If you look at verse 8 with me this morning, the Bible tells us, it says, and being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Jesus showed his servant's heart, even though it led to being obedient to the point of death. Because the Bible tells us that it was God's whole mission for Jesus Christ to come and die on a cross because it was the only way that you and I could have forgiveness of our sins. Even though that the Jewish people had offered up sacrifices for sins year after year after year, it was only just a means of waiting till the ultimate sacrifice of Jesus Christ came so that we could have a sacrifice that God would receive and say, this is worthy of forgiveness. 
And so Jesus Christ came and was obedient to the authority of God the Father and gave his life for you and I so that we could have forgiveness of sins. Now that's a servant's heart. And you know, when you think about when the scripture says obedient to death, it reminds us that sometimes being obedient to others in authority, and the Bible's very clear about authority. God, in his infinite wisdom, created kind of a, a guideline of authority for us all to live by. Children, obey your parents. And to all the parents, they said, amen. It tells us that those who are servants to obey their masters, and all those who are employers said, amen to that. God has always put an order of things to where there is those in authority and there are those who are servants. And being obedient to those who are in authority doesn't make us less because what I see in the Scriptures is when we serve and we humble ourselves, then God sees that the character of Jesus is in us and that lifts us up. The greatest leaders are also those who are the greatest servants. You can't lead well without serving well. You can't get the cart before the horse. And here the Bible tells us that Jesus is obedient to the point of cross. And sometimes obedience hurts, doesn't it? For Jesus, it was a physical hurt. It was an emotional hurt. Matter of fact, the most hurt I believe that Jesus had was when he said, Father, why have you forsaken me? To feel like God the Father had left him there alone on the cross with the sins of the world. It would be the ultimate hurt. Sometimes being obedient and following God's authority of things does hurt. And it's not always hurting physically. Sometimes it hurts emotionally. Sometimes being obedient and doing things the right way hurts financially. But when we're obedient to the guidelines that God has given us, God always blesses that and turns it into our good. And so a servant's heart is one who is obedient to authority even when it hurts and even when it may create a little bit of humility in our life. That's the type of obedience that Christ set for you and I. And so here's about three questions that I, I think come to our mind as we look to these scriptures today, and that is, is there a need to adjust our attitude today to be more like Jesus and develop a servant's heart? Is there someone that we need to start putting before ourselves? Is there someone that we need to yield to their authority so that we're more obedient like Christ? You see, I, I was thinking about the, uh, the other day on Father's Day, and as we looked to the Scriptures, they said, Children, obey your parents. We also looked at the Scriptures of how it says that wives are submit to the authority of their husband. And we can look all through the scriptures, and sometimes we have to be reminded that obedience is not that bad. Submitting to authority is not that bad when we realize that's how that God designed it. And that shows a servant heart to be more like Christ. I want to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment. And as they come to get ready for the invitation, I want you to think for just a moment our are there some others that you need to start putting before yourself? Maybe it's not the person that's trying to get in a parking space at Walmart, or maybe it is. Maybe there's some others in your family that you need to start putting before yourself. Start showing love and humility. Start putting their interest before your own interest. It might be a husband, it might be a wife might be a parent, 
Might be somebody in the church that you need to show a servant's heart and start putting them before yourself. See, as we look at the scriptures, the Bible tells us that when you put others before yourself, you're showing the love, the humility, and the interest of others above yourself. Is there a need in your life today to show that type of servant's heart and to put someone else before yourself? Is there someone in your life that you need to follow the the order of things like Christ put it together for us to be obedient to authority? Might be the person that you're working for to quit kind of bucking up against things or doing things behind their back and start just yielding to their authority. Maybe it's God's order of the family that you need to start yielding to authority. But it all comes down to this, and that's what the Apostle Paul said, and that is, he said, let this attitude, let this mindset, let these characteristics be in you. There's a great coach, John Wooden, that was known for his many sayings, and I want you to think about this one saying that John Wooden said. He said, be more concerned about your character than your reputation, because your character is who you really are, while your reputation is merely who others think you are. Our character. It's not just about a reputation of what people see on the surface about us, but it's who we really are that really matters. And when we have a servant's heart like Christ has, then that's true character. Lord, I pray this morning... God, that you would search all of our hearts. And Lord, I would probably be, because of kind of the aggressive personality that I have, uh, sometimes can try to push myself above others. But Lord, I pray that you'd help me to see that a servant's heart is the heart of Christ. And Lord, that's the heart that I want to have, is a servant's heart to esteem others, to put others' interests before myself, to build others up and to let others before myself. And Lord, there may be others in here today that maybe struggle in the same area and they need to make some adjustments. And Lord, I pray, God, that you would just give us your heart and your attitude to live in a way that would please you. And Lord, if we're struggling in the area of following the authority of others, Lord, I pray, God, that you just help us to see that when we submit and yield to the order that you put things in, Lord, things always work out better for our own personal good. So God, help us to have a servant's heart and just yield to authority the way that you designed it. Lord, I pray that most of all, Lord, that we realize that the greatest yielding of our life is when we yield our life to surrender, to serve you however you want. And so Lord, I pray for someone here today that's never accepted you as their personal Savior, that today they'll make this decision, maybe even pray this prayer in their heart. Dear Lord, I feel your spirit speaking to me. And today I yield myself for you to use me however that you would be pleased with. Lord, I ask you to forgive me of my sins and I accept you as my personal Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. Amen.